You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading today comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 and verse 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You can stay standing. Ah, I tricked you there. So at this moment, we will send the elementary schoolers out. Casey, please raise your hand. Elementary schoolers, please find Casey, and Casey will walk you to your elementary-specific space. Shout out to a church that makes literal physical space for children. We have our elementary school. Hey, make some noise for that. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet. <laughs> you see what I did there too? Okay. So at this moment, please, if you do not have a seat, please, you can, it's awkward because I'm going to call you down. You don't want that. So um, everyone, just take an awareness of what is available near you and now sit down. But I will kind of give some space for people to find seats as desired. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And no one wants to sit in the front. That's just reality of life. (laughs) Just is, it just is. So good morning, everybody. I am Jamel Jones, spelled Jamal, pronounced Jamel. And I have have the, the, the pleasure and the honor and the gift to be able to bring the word for us this morning. And what I would love to do, actually, is have a moment where we pass the peace. And you can stay seated, kind of, because really this is an opportunity for you to get to know just a little bit more about a person who's within your arm's reach that you don't already know. But again, if you're not about things like this, then just don't do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, I'm not going to do anything you tell me to do. Fine. You good. But for those who would like to engage in this moment, you, the safest way would be just to like try to lock eyes with somebody and wave a hand and then begin a conversation. And it's going to be a two-minute conversation. For our extroverts, only two minutes, please. And for our introverts, it's just two minutes, I promise. So the question is here um, on the screen, and the question is... How often were you allowed to have friends over the house? The answer, one word might be always. It could be never. It could be sometimes. But then why or why not? That's the good stuff. So please find someone to talk to. If you desire, ask that question or don't. Go ahead.
One minute warning, one minute warning, one minute warning. All right, all right, all right. That was two minutes. Thank you, and I'm kind of sorry, depending on your perspective of that moment just now. And I would love to give my answer to that question. And I have to give this caveat just in case someone says something. My mother is here, so I'm going to be talking about you, Mom. I didn't think you'd be here, so I didn't ask permission, but this is just my life, so it's facts. Um, so when I was growing up, I really wanted to have friends over to the house. And the question that I would ask mom was like, mom, can I please have someone over to the house to hang out? And the answer normally would be no. And then I would say, mom, why not? And then she'd say, because the house is dirty, Mel. That's what my mom calls me, call me Mel, Jamel Mel. And so I was, so after like years of getting this answer, I finally, my brain developed more. I'm in middle school, I'm like, you know what? I got a plan. Here's what I'm going to do. The day before I ask if a homie could come over, that's already misstep one. I need to ask like three days before. You're, right. Again, I was in middle school, so like develop, but not all the way. So, because um, that's just how it is, you know. So the day before, I would clean, I would clean the house as best that I could. If there was like obvious crumbs on the ground that I myself dropped, I'd get the vacuum cleaner out and I'd vacuum. I would... Um, clean by just putting stuff in closets, you know, like putting things away on a shelf high so it's not within vision. Like I would clean, right? And then I would go ask my mom. I'd say, mom, can I please have some friends over to the house? I cleaned. And then she'd say, no, Mel, the house isn't actually clean. And this is my middle school mind, okay? I'm just telling you what middle school Jamel said. The middle school Jamel looked around and was like, but mom, all the things that are dirty are your things. Like I, like, I don't know where your, like, shoes go. This is middle school Jamel. I'm 32-year-old father of three Jamel. Like, I would say something different now. So I was like, it's all your stuff, Mom. Like, I can't, I don't know where your, like, shoes go. I don't know where, like, what, 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 I don't know where the bills go. Like, what are they? Do they go in the trash? I don't know. Like, 
So I didn't know. So like, you don't want me cleaning that stuff? But the answer was still normally no. My mom eased up as time went on. I was able to finally have friends over to the house on a more regular basis. But the thing was, this was a consistent conversation in my house. And this was a conversation really around hospitality. Okay? It was around hospitality. And this new series that we're starting today is called Doors, Tables, and More. And it's really a series about hospitality. And I would go as far as to say, as we get closer to it, um, the Pentecost narrative could be seen as a narrative about hospitality. So we all have had some type of moments or conversations about hospitality in our own lives, in our own homes, whether our past homes or our present homes. And hospitality could be, I mean, maybe, it could be a big deal. And what I would love to do now is just get us all on the same page of what I mean by hospitality. And the definition should be up on the screen. This is like oversimplified, simple definition. Hospitality, the ability to provide a welcoming environment for guests slash newcomers. Or you could say just any old body. That's what hospitality is. And so that's the definition we'll be working with today as we continue, or as I continue and we all think together at least. And when it comes to hospitality, most of us think about our homes or our physical houses. It's probably what we have the most control of being hospitable with. And that's going to be a guiding metaphor for this series. The house, the home. You can think about like, what does your door mean, right? And we'll get into some of these things later. Um, what does your like dining room table mean? What does your drunk drawer mean? The whole series about drunk drawers, y'all. It's going to be incredible. No, I'm playing. Um, but so like these everyday components of a home, of a house, like what do those mean when it comes to hospitality? And how can the church or our community learn from that? Because a church community is like a house. It is like a house. It is not the same as. And so I'm going to be messing with that metaphor a little bit, but if I leave out things, you're like, why didn't you say that about the connection between the house and the church? It's because I might think that that view is a little toxic. I'm not going to name no names and no ideas, you know what I'm saying? But like sometimes we take the idea of like the church as a home and church as family a little too far. But if you want to hear that part of the sermon, find me later. You know what I'm saying? We'll talk about that. So House as a metaphor, home, be thinking of those things as I'm talking. And also, I think as the series continues, we'll elaborate on those things more. And if we're using a guiding metaphor for today, it's just the house as a whole. Hospitality in its general form. And hospitality as it relates to the Pentecost narrative. And today is Pentecost Sunday, as we've mentioned before. And we're going to read the passage. And I'll say some things, and we'll think some things, and then we'll get to some things. And hopefully some things will sit in our hearts, and then we'll do some things a little differently. Maybe. I hope so. All right. Now we're going to begin moving our way towards the passage. And um, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for reading it so eloquently. And I'm going to read just kind of verse, read a verse, stop, make some thoughts, a couple more verses on and on like that. So let's get to the passage as we've already heard. And so no spoilers here. You already heard it. So I'll be kind of referring to parts of it that come up later, even at earlier parts. And so we'll start with Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And the, that verse reads like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So Pentecost, what even does that word mean? It literally means 50th day. Pentecost means 50th day. And it was slash is a Jewish day-long harvest festival. 
and it was scheduled 50 days following the Passover story, which is an incredibly important moment in the life of the Jewish community. If you don't know Passover, I'm going to give you like the real quick summary of it, which is slightly problematic in summary. But again, if you want to talk about that, come find me later. Um, Passover was the story where, remember the plagues against Egypt? And that last plague, the plague of death, passed over the Hebrew people and onto the Egyptians so they could finally be set free. Little what up with that, God? So again, later. But that is what they are remembering and celebrating 50 days after the fact. And Pentecost also was a pilgrimage. So anybody who was living outside of Jerusalem, which is arguably like the home city of the Jewish people, you're supposed to, if you're able, to come back. And so there are going to be a lot of people from a lot of different places all together. And that's going to matter later in the passage. So that's Pentecost, a little bit of the history behind it, a little bit of understanding it for today. Now we're going to move to the next verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Suddenly, A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So we have a house that they're in. So we are starting, so we're going to, as I'll give a little preface, there's many ways that this passage could be interpreted. Side note, many ways all passages of the Bible can be interpreted, but you knew that already. So um, because there's so many, like most people when they do this, the preaching, you have to pick one. So I'm picking a focus on hospitality. I really see a hospitality emphasis in this passage. There are other emphases in this passage. If you came from a more Pentecostal background like I did, you have them already playing in your mind. And so I'm not ignoring those. I'm just changing the focus of it. So just to be you know aware of that and put that out there. So I see you, they're in a house. We're starting to see our focus on hospitality in this passage. And many people would say that the birth, that Pentecost is the birthplace of the church. It's the birthday of the Christian community. And it was birthed in a house. That's really interesting to me. I think that says something about the way in which a church should act and carry itself from the beginning. If people wanted to be, like, biblical, then all churches would be in homes and there'd be no buildings, right? But that's, you know, that's taking a little bit too far. But I think that there's something about this idea that it's a house. Like, they're in a home. There is a familiarity about it. And the way in which that the early church interacted, this is like the positive similarities of, of home together. They were there for each other. It was an intentional thing. It was an everyday type of thing. And so those are some of this, the illusions we see from like a house to the early community. And also, this is a great reminder. I try to remind myself of this all of the time, that the church is not a building. It never really was. It, you know, this happened in a building, but the church is really a community of people. Therefore, wherever the community is, the church is. I just want to just remind myself of that and hopefully us of that as well. And there's a saying that I've heard Stephen say, and it's kind of within uh, you know, our community's language, of that we aren't a Sunday church, we're an everyday church, right? Or we're not a one-day-a-week community, we're an everyday-a-week community. And I think that we see the, the beginnings of that in this passage right here. We'll move forward. Verses 3 through 4. This is where it gets crazy, y'all. Prepare yourselves. Okay. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. I can't remember if I put it on the slide. I did not. Okay, in other tongues, but literally that word is languages. Just to put that out there as well. Literally, it's languages. Why do you get translated to tongues? I don't know. Like, guys, I have a lot of questions about the Bible. Obviously, like, I don't know some of these things. So there's that. Um, so first, the all of them, they're referring to different definitions. It could be all of the followers of Jesus at that time. Some people would say it's all of the apostles, the people that followed Jesus in his life and continued ministry after his resurrection. Many different ways you could define that. The all. And this beginning to speak in other languages, in other languages. So remember, this is a pilgrimage feast. People are coming from all over. They're speaking different languages and trying to have this shared experience together. Raise your hand. You don't have to. Again, you don't need to listen to me. But raise your hand if you've ever tried to have like a shared experience across language barriers. Anybody? Okay, you can put your hands down. How difficult was that? Very difficult. And how hospitable was it for God to choose in that moment to give this ability to speak foreign languages to the community? How hospitable was that? How much more warm and welcoming and inviting did that environment become when someone stepped into it and heard their own tongues? In fact, their own languages. In fact, there's a little bit of like a, of a like inclusion and diversity thing that that speaks to all Get on real brief. In here at in this community, there is I really okay. Shout out to Stephen real quick because Stephen is really great about sharing the pulpit because he understands that he is one person with one experience and one language per se. Right? He speaks really good um, like punk rock music. Right? Like he throws in references and bands. You're like, who the mess is that? But someone's like, yeah, they know exactly who that is. And so like. I speak, like, really good, like, skateboard hip-hop slang, right? Like, who watches verses? Anybody? Anybody, right? Okay, a few of you, okay? Sorry, I need to do that. But anyway, but, like, so we all have, like, our own little languages. And how nice is it? You've been in a church service, right, when the person in front says something that you're like, ooh, that was my language right there. And there's a beauty and an importance to that. So shout-out to Stephen for bringing in other ethnicities, other genders, all people to be able to speak to us so we can have that, those moments, right? Okay, so what I really also want to do in this moment, because this is the crazy stuff, right? Like the Holy Spirit making people speak in different languages, what? So what this does also is uh, it introduces us to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I I don't want to assume anyone knows anything about anything. So what I want to do is just give like some Holy Spirit relevant and wildly oversimplified quick facts. Literally two. Um, so first one is the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Again, I'm not assuming anything. Um, third person of the Trinity. We speak about often like God, the creator, God, the son, Jesus, and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So in the same way, in a similar way, again, this is like the Trinity is the most confusing part of Christianity, period. So I always struggle to talk about it, but I feel like I have to. So when you, the ways in which you interact with God, with Jesus, you should also interact with the Holy Spirit. Again, there might be some theology police like ringing their alarms and coming to get me, but again, like this is worth considering. So like easy question. When you pray, 
do you ever pray to the Holy Spirit? Good question, right? Probably should. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Other quick fact. The Holy Spirit's role in the Trinity is to be the 100% of the time companion and empowerer. Is that a real word? Spell check didn't get me, so I guess. Empowerer to all followers of Jesus everywhere. So, Jesus chose to limit himself to being one person in one place only. So Jesus left, and he says this in the Gospel of John. So when the Holy Spirit arrived, the Holy Spirit was, in the words of theologians, the Spirit of Jesus incarnate in every believer, everywhere, all the time. Paul says it this way, I'm just paraphrasing, that the same power that is within Jesus is within each and every believer who follows Jesus. Whoo! That's a whole nother sermon, you know what I'm saying? Again, I'm just like dropping this one. So just to, those are quick facts to the Holy Spirit. And this is the type of thing that the Holy Spirit is able to do. Again, I don't know where you are in your journey of spirituality, maybe deconstruction, uh, but I want to try to make some space for the Holy Spirit in my journey. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to later. Maybe you don't. But I just wanted to bring that to our awareness on this Pentecost Sunday. Another verse. Verse 8. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in be- bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our own native tongue? Own native tongue. It's a reminder, like, how hospitable of God to create this kind of environment for the Jewish people and the the God-fearing people. And it just makes me so excited that there was, like, a church that bewildered, I I guess bewildered is a positive term. I should have word searched that. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Amaze sounds positive. Like, a church that brought amazement to people in a good way. How difficult is it to see headline after headline of churches bringing negativity and shock and awe to people? This passage is an encouragement to me. I hope it would be to you as well. And the last verse that we'll get to as we're getting closer, and I actually would love to invite the band up now as I'm wrapping up here. This is Acts chapter 2. We skipped to verse 12. And it says this, amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Yo, I love that question. I love that question. What does this mean? You know what I would love even more? I would love even more if our community was the kind of community that extended hospitality to others. Alpha in the room, at some point, each of us were a new person or a guest, and you're here, so maybe it was good hospitality, I'm assuming. But so, like, uh, you know, there's that. So I, I, just, I just wish, I pray, that this community be the kind of community that when people step into it, they say to themselves, whoa, What does this feeling, that I would say is probably hospitality, what does this feeling mean? Wow, y'all are a fully affirming church? Whoa, 
what does this mean? Y'all are letting me, as a teenager who lives in this neighborhood, get ice cream at y'all's events? Y'all didn't tell me to go? Whoa, what does this mean? Uh, I'm so sorry. Y'all aren't afraid of my screaming, tantruming, for seemingly no reason toddler? You're not afraid of this one? Huh, what does that mean? <laughs> I hope that those kind of questions, that amazement and and perplexion can happen for people as they enter this community. They can have a feeling that the Holy Spirit can work through us in ways that maybe we weren't sure that we could to speak the language of others, to make connections, so that as people enter this community, they could ask themselves, what does this mean? And that hopefully the answer to that question is that there is a God who is bigger or I'll, I'll be a little more, a little more, less concrete. A God who could be bigger. A God who could be more loving. A God whose table could be much larger. A God who could be attempting to create right now in RVA as it can be in heaven. Wouldn't it be great if our community got people to ask, what does it mean to follow Jesus now? Not how I thought it was, not how it was in this book that I read that maybe traumatized me, not how it was in that experience that was so difficult, but right now, what does this mean? I hope that can be the question that is asked over and over and over to people as they enter this community. And that ultimately the answer could be that Jesus really is good and for them. Amen? I'll say a prayer and we will continue in our gathering together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for, I believe, being bigger than I ever could imagine. And I pray that I can be used by your Holy Spirit to help that reality be felt in others through my imperfections, through how awful I feel I am some days. I pray that you could still somehow use me to bring the goodness that you truly are to this world who needs it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. join us in singing a song. It's a tune a lot of you should know. Amazing Grace. The words are a little different.